about what will be over the next month or so the process that could produce the reconciliation budget the big infrastructure thing with a whole bunch of uh, uh, Joe Biden's priorities and a whole bunch of other stuff we don't know exactly what the whole process will bring but we do know a little bit of what they tried to do over the last 24 hours so uh, we we have we've gotten past the procedural hurdle the vote was 50 to 49 which is awesome. One lawmaker, Senator Mike Rounds, that's a real name, Republican of South Dakota, was absent. Its passage came after a marathon session of rapid-fire votes, the so-called Votorama, which dragged deep into the night for more than 14 hours before Democrats muscled through the measure, minutes before 4 a.m. So that means that there was a ton of attempted uh, amendments. Some went through, some were shot down. We will be going through a few of the most important, but we are now into the process. We're going to go over how the process works out, but there will be a budget. There might be reconciliation. We'll see. We'll see. I know some people are excited. Some are not. Let's give you examples of both. First, Senator Bernie Sanders says, I do understand that many of my Republican colleagues are in a bit of shock now. They are finding it hard to believe that the president and the Democratic caucus are prepared to go forward in addressing the long neglected needs of working families and not just the 1% in wealthy campaign contributors. That's not the way things usually happen around here. Usually it's the big money interests and the lobbyists who call the tunes, but not today. Today we move the country forward in a different direction. This legislation will not only provide enormous support to the kids of this country, to the parents of this country, to the elderly people of this country, but it will also, I hope, restore the belief that in America we can have a government that works for all, not just the few. So he is, uh, JR, he is excited, or at least saying that he's excited. Um, <laughs> He says, normally it's the wealthy and the campaign contributors that call the shots. I will remind everyone, there's still like a month to go. There's plenty of time for those people to get involved. And I fear that they might, JR. What do you think? Well, yeah, okay. So at this point, I think Bernie Sanders is playing the line of the casual American uh, political observer. You know, people that maybe aren't in, the, in, the, in the, the guts of everything that happens, how the sausage is made, as they say, to see how the process is then going to change later on. And maybe, and when, and maybe when and if the process does change, things start coming through that people maybe don't want, or see Republicans throw things in to maybe make sure it has some poison in there. Um, then we can talk about those things. But right now, the main thing that all Democrats, even people like Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren's of the world, want to make sure this looks like an accomplishment, a hurdle that's been passed by Democrats, because there's been so many, there's been criticisms first from Republicans saying, oh, look at this, um, uh, Joe Biden and his administration trying to push through all these horrifically liberal policies, which we know is a lie. And yeah. so they push back on that by saying, look, we did something bipartisan, we're not all libs. Um, and then also they try to pull some libs that are saying, hey, when are you going to start uh, governing and legislating for the people that voted you in? So they need to have a celebration for those folks, too, to be like, oh, we, we enjoy that Joe Biden's finally doing something and it's getting something big through, like, this infrastructure package. Because I I feel a large percentage of Americans, if they hear this part, they'll be like, oh, okay, got that through. And they think it's over. Well, yeah, There's no. a lot more happening. Yeah, but they need to, yeah, they at least need to have some kind of, of a celebration now, which is why I'm not sure if this is part of this particular thing now, but many headlines are talking about how uh, Governor Cuomo's resignation has rained on Joe Biden's parade for the infrastructure passage of one level, you know? Because they're worried about the political part of it. That's the indication that they're only worried about the political part about this and how it looks versus what's in it. 
Yeah, exactly. And and by the way, we're not going over all of what's in it again. We've done that multiple times, and we will surely do it in the future. Um, what I want everyone watching this to understand, though, is, and, and again, it's to get to your point of the media coverage, this is not over. This isn't even over in the Senate. This just moves us forward. We'll, and we'll get into the further steps, but this did not, the, the final thing did not pass the Senate. It's right. not done. This just sets up the process. But that said, I want to give a chance to um, have some who are less excited than Bernie Sanders. By the way, Bernie Sanders' comments there, Shade Dragon in the chat, summed it up as, oh, well, sorry, the Bernie thing. <laughs> that is basically all that it was. Now, you have uh, Mitch McConnell, minority leader. I'll never get tired of saying that, saying, uh, people want to pretend that this is business as usual, just liberals doing liberal things using Senate procedure. Make no mistake. This reckless taxing and spending spree is like nothing we've seen. Well, that's that's honestly probably even true because the bar is set so low that doing literally anything to help out people is like nothing we've ever seen. Um, but anyway, yeah, he's going to freak out. Uh, he didn't freak out as much as Lindsey Graham who said, you're spending money like drunken sailors. Oh you're putting God. in motion, I think, the demise of America as we know it. You're putting in motion a government that nobody's grandchild can ever afford to pay. Okay, look, $3.5 trillion is not nothing. That's true. But you guys threw out $2 trillion in tax breaks like like six months ago, basically. Like, I didn't forget about that. And you guys weren't talking about, like, bankrupting our grandchildren then. So of course. Hit, hit the brakes a little bit there, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> sailors. Any Sorry, these talking points have been going since, like, before I was ever paying attention to politics. So it's always the same narratives. Oh, these Democrats came into power, and they spent, like, they used the drunken sailors, and they used the credit card the credit card analogy, and then the, uh, and the tax and spend party. We know those terms. It's the same thing over and over and over and over again. And we still always see the reality of when Republicans come in office, and they spend over and over and over again, except on their rich donors and on wars, which – it's rich donors. Uh, it's all it is is the same thing over and over again, and they still have a hold of this narrative that Democrats are the tax and spend party, Republicans are fiscally responsible when they're absolutely not. We spend money all the time. I don't care who's in office. You know what America does? America spends money. It just matters who benefits from the spending of that money. Exactly. Exactly. That is fundamentally what they're most bothered by. Um, but okay, let, let's get into a little bit more of the process. So. Uh, last night we had this. Last night we had this uh, voterama. Tons of amendments flying back and forth, and a lot um, were not. They didn't pass, and they were never going to pass. They were only there so that someday someone could put them in a campaign ad that so and so voted against this nonsense or whatever. Um, but uh, let's go into some of the important ones that were voted down, and then we can also talk about some that actually went through because they are significant, and some are the worst. So the hours-long stretch began with a vote that would prohibit funding or regulations to establish the Green New Deal, with Senator John Barrasso, Republican of Wyoming, declaring that any such provision will reduce the quality of life for American people. Millions and millions of Americans will suffer. That's, well, that's nice and Orwellian for you. I'm sure Madison Cawthorn will enjoy that one. But um, no, that's not how any of that works. And thankfully, that was voted down, which is good. Um, but Democrats did support some amendments. Among those was an amendment put forward by Senator Tommy Tuberville, again, real name, to, pen to penalize local governments that reduced funding for the police, reflecting a conservative push to attack Democrats over calls to defund or abolish police departments. So 
that went through. That actually went through. And uh, so you had Cory Booker said, I am so excited, and I just can't hide it. This is perhaps the highlight of this long and painful and torturous night. He proclaimed in response, urging his colleagues to not walk, but sashay down there to vote for the amendment. I'm sure I will see no political ads attacking anybody here over defunding the police. So there's obviously some level of sarcasm, I guess. But the joke is on you because, of course, those ads will still run. There's not going to be a single host on Fox who's like, oh, man, I thought they wanted to defund the police, but I have that so wrong. Cory Booker, you're so reasonable. I want to give you some sort of award for this. But anyway, that did pass, JR. Well, at least he's, I think, obviously, he's highlighting the ridiculousness of that non-binding uh, amendment that Tuberville put in to say, you know, anybody who decides to defund the police can get some punishments and all that stuff. So he's like, well, yeah, this is non-binding. This is pretty easy for us to all vote on. I, I, so I think, in a way, it's pointing out how how much of a clown show people like Tuberville are, are trying to insert into this system, which, by the way, all of this defunding the police that they keep talking about has happened widespread across the country and how it's destroyed police departments and crime is up in the summer like it is every summer. Then they point out how it's defund the police, it's defund the police. So that's what happened. Can you show me some proof? Can you yeah. show me this, the, 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 the defund and then the cause and how that affected them and how they all now don't have their tanks anymore and therefore they can't fight somebody who has a parking ticket that's that's been that's gone to collections I, I mean i'm trying to figure out what it is that they think is happening well they don't really think anything's happening but at least Cory book i think was showing the joke in a clown show that they really are yeah yeah you know i honestly of all of the nonsense that has dominated the news in the past year or whatever at least these attacks have some basis in reality they're saying they want to defund the police. Well, okay, they're going way overboard in terms of how much defunding and going way overboard in terms of how many Democrats actually support literally any of this. Right. But at least some people want to cut the budget at least a little bit. That's It has some relationship to reality. A lot of the stuff about critical race theory and Dr. Seuss and, you know, Mr. Potato Head's junk or whatever, that has nothing to do with reality. So <laughs> here, here, Republicans, although that – no credit whatsoever to the Democrats who supported this overwhelmingly when it's absolute nonsense and won't stop the Republicans from criticizing them. Absolutely. Um, also, Josh Hawley had an amendment. It, it was voted 95 to 3 to add 100,000 new cops. But, like, you can't be surprised that the Democrats are going to support this when Biden has been calling for a massive, like, tons more police. And whether it's because they're terrified of being being said that they're going to defund the police or just they think the solution to everything is putting more cops on the streets. Yeah, they overwhelmingly support that. And so, you know, we know what we know what the cops do. We've seen a lot of it lately. Now there's going to be 100,000 more of them out there. I'm sure policing Wall Street and, you know, wealthy tax dodgers and stuff like that, JR. Yeah, I mean, all those cops on the streets, you know, they, they go after all those uh, white-collar criminals that are gaming the system that they paid politicians to allow them to game that system so we'll see if this uh if this if this logic comes into play anytime soon it's like it never does they can always say these things and when it doesn't happen we just move on this is another one this is the same thing over and over again another one so now um we got past finally we have a couple more of these that we want to talk about but but under a different a different label we'll get to in a second but we now um have if they got past all that stuff the procedural hurdle was passed, and the blueprint now heads to the House, where lawmakers will return early. <laughs> Look at this. Will return early from a scheduled summer recess the week of August 23rd to take it up. So, 
It's the 11th. They're coming back on the 23rd, and that's early. <laughs> you bastards. Anyway, so, like, they're going like, to have to, like, stretch, like, oh, I've been laying by the beach for weeks. Oh, God, I guess I'll talk about this briefly. But anyway, um, moderate Democrats are also agitating for a standalone vote on the bipartisan infrastructure package so that they don't have to do this. Um, that would be great. Progressives have said they will not vote on the infrastructure bill until the House approves the budget package. And, you know, there were tweets from people like uh, Ilhan Omar uh, just yesterday about this, that they are still maintaining that strategy. And so that's there. So they'll have to take it up. They'll have to vote on it. All the actual details will have to be hammered out because we have these sort of like broad ideas and goals, not actual legislation. But supposedly that legislation will then, like three weeks later, be ready to go. Chuck Schumer says he hopes to have it done the week of September 15th, which is the week that I'm supposed to go to Gen Con, so we'll see how that works out. But anyway, um, JR, that's the process. The House on the 23rd, it'll be done by the 15th. What do you think? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on if the House is going to go ahead and stand by you know, their, their promise to make sure that the other infrastructure bill that includes more human infrastructure they're going to stand by that before they'll sign on to this. I mean, of course, that's been triggered by a lot of these progressives um, that want something more done, because this is how the bipartisan thing even got this first level. It's because of them allowing this to be opened up to be shot holes into and then poison pills tossed in and anything else that they want. And we know that's going to happen again. And I don't know why more people aren't saying it out loud. Even the folks from these, these, these congressional members who want something that will go also to this human infrastructure yeah. idea. Point out now what's going to happen. Like, it's the thing I don't really understand. I don't know if there's some kind of margin orders that are there to be like, hey, don't say anything bad about this yet because we want to take this political victory lap first. And yeah. again, if you're taking a political victory lap, you should probably not announce, hey, you guys, we want to take a political victory lap. No, we want to <laughs> announce how great it is that we're doing something for you. Leave it at that. But the problem yeah. is, is they can't because it's more important to take that lap than it is to say we're going to make sure something gets done. And actually, probably do hope people stop paying attention so that when all the other things jump in, at the end they go, we finished our bipartisan bill. Joe Manchin is threatening things. Kristen Sinema is threatening things. And we appeased everyone. And once you appease them, you know something's off. Okay, well, let, let's talk about what might be off then. I think you, you bring up a very good point and about the process, about how likely this is to actually work. So... Uh, you know, by September uh, 25th, no, by September 15th, we're supposed to have the actual what's going to be in the reconciliation budget. All the, the Biden stuff, the infrastructure stuff, the climate change stuff that's supposed to be there, $3.5 trillion that's supposed to be there, but will it be? Okay, I want to talk about a few of the reasons to believe that if anything passes, and I'm still not sure that anything will, that it might not look like how it looks now. So... Let's talk about a few of the things. So some of it is statements. Some of it is amendments from the Votorama. So Democratic senators introduced amendments to the resolution as well. Senator Ron Wyden, chair of the Senate Finance Committee, offered an amendment expressing support for tax increases on the nation's richest 0.1%. That measure failed after Senators Kirsten Sinema, Gene Shaheen, and Maggie Hassan joined every Republican in voting no. So Sinema's not the only one that voted no. But yep. even though it was going to fail anyway, Cinema wanted to make sure that she went down on the record as we're not going to raise taxes on the like people who live in mountains of gold, the top 0.1%. Like, and it's not even a specific tax. It's just, hey, let's look into it. This is a 
made for this. And she was like, no. <laughs> That's not good, JR, to start off with. Yeah, well, we already see that coming. And, and, and again, that should be questioned immediately. Like, so what's the problem here? I, I, like, ask them. But, I mean, you know, you know it's, it's not as simple. I always like to say, you know, some media personality, or at least I, um, a, a reporter should ask them. It's not like they make themselves available. They vote and they run away, go back to the beach, like you were saying. It's, it's not that easy. Yeah. Well, uh, there were some smaller little issues, too, though. Uh, three Democrats, Senators Mark Kelly of Arizona, Joe Manchin, and Ms. Cinema supported a provision calling for electric vehicle tax credits to be means-tested. Uh, so, again, let's see how we can, like, jam up the process by making it, like, add a whole bunch of bureaucracy and, you know, all, you know, all, all of this. But anyway, um, sorry, what does means-testing electric vehicle usage mean? What would you do to means-test that? No, like, like individually, abstractly, knowing nothing about them, it doesn't. It's not necessarily a bad idea. the The idea is we want to incentivize people to get electric vehicles. So when they get it, we give them a tax credit. But let's not give the tax credit to someone that's super wealthy because they don't need it as much. Which is true. I get it. But it's it's this thing they do where they just weaken everything and make it slower and more like swapped with bureaucracy and they do this constantly to everything it's a way to pretend that they're not on this they're not on the side of the wealthy while also blocking overall tax uh increases to these people it's, just, it's more frustrating than anything else um but anyway, Manchin also supported a joint Republicans in backing the Hyde Amendment, which bans federal funding for abortion. So that was potentially going to be gotten rid of. It's probably not going to happen now. Uh, Manchin also voted with the Republicans to adopt an amendment uh, from Senator Tom Cotton to try to block the teaching of so-called critical race theory in public schools, including in kindergartens. It literally said that. You can't teach it in kindergartens. I don't think they were. That passed, by the way. So... I don't know if it'll end up in the final thing. We don't. We don't know for sure. But um, yeah. But and you know so, what they do teach in kindergarten? What? They teach the uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, showed up in a new, new world, and uh, and discovered it, and then decided to start settling there. And that was Columbus's great achievements. And also that Pilgrim showed up and had this great party with all the Native American folks here. And yep. They had they exchanged dinner and kissed and hugged and nobody got sick. nobody got sick and died. Also, no one was massacred and slaughtered. None of that happened. That is what they teach in kindergarten. Yeah. In fact, they teach them to, to draw headdresses on their head and put paper cardboard feathers across their heads and then uh, masks over. And then some people are the pilgrims with the buckle hats and other people are the Native Americans with the feathers on their head. That's what they teach. Yeah, but that's. That has nothing to do with critical race theory. That has nothing to do with race. That has nothing to do with two different peoples that are coming together with a huge, a huge omission of what really happened. Yeah. That's actually, it, it's, it's teaching by omission and teaching this sugar-coated, nonsensical approach to what really happened in our history. So, I mean, you know, I, I guess that's the reason why they don't want to teach kindergarten is critical race theory because it's just way too complicated and divisive. Not like that other stuff. I mean, we've been doing fine with uncritical race theory. I guess they just want to continue that. Um, yeah, and you're, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, look, I understand that some things are a little harsh. You might wait until people are older, but you could not teach about Christopher Columbus, I suppose. And if you're going to, you can maybe point out, like, hey, you know, Christopher Columbus, like, 
Well, yeah, he made it here. He thought he was going somewhere else, but like people were like super ignorant back then. They didn't know anything about the world, um, and few do now. But he eventually got here, and then eventually he used kids of your age as sort of like sexual like uh, tools. Like he'd give them to people who pleased him, and like took them away from people who didn't. Like there was this weird thing where they like did massive human trafficking of kids. And then they'd kill people who didn't give them the gold they want. It was rough, kind of. Okay, they're not going to do that in kindergarten, but eventually you should learn it, because every bit of that is true. But anyway, um, let's get into the biggest issue here. Will the actual, now passed, $3.5 trillion reconciliation thing actually pass? Well, there is reason to believe that it might not, because at least one Senate Democrat, Kirsten Cinema, has already said that she will not support a final $3.5 trillion price tag despite voting to advance the budget resolution of that scope. So she said, we can go forward with it, but I'm not going to support it. I'm not going to support it. Now, how much will she support? I don't know. Will it be $3.4 trillion? Will it be $1 trillion? Will it be literally nothing? Stay tuned. But here's the thing. That's sort of a vague thing. We have more information from Joe Manchin, who this morning released this. I have serious concerns about the grave consequences facing West Virginians and every American family if Congress decides to spend another $3.5 trillion. Blah, blah, blah. That's not literally what it said, but I was getting sick of it. These are not indications of an economy that requires trillions in additional spending. Every elected leader has chosen to make difficult decisions, adding trillions of dollars more to our nearly $29 trillion of national debt without any consideration of the negative effects on our children and grandchildren is one of the decisions that has become far too easy in Washington. I urge my colleagues to seriously consider this reality as this budget process unfolds in the coming weeks and months. So yes, he's very, very worried about the effect on our children and grandchildren. I mean, he does literally everything to stop us from dealing with climate change, which is going to wreck the lives of his children and grandchildren. But in this case, he pretends to care about it. So, JR, are they just going to strip out a bunch of stuff? Are they going to weaken the tax increase designed to pay for it? Or are we actually looking at they're going to ruin it so much that the House progressives will not support it, which means we won't get the bipartisan one either. Like, there's a lot of pressure being thrown around. I asked this morning um, on Twitter, Ryan Grimm said, um, he was talking about this process. I asked him, do they actually care if both get voted down? He he, he believes that they do, that Cinema and Manchin do not want to lose this bipartisan bill. I personally care that think that Kristen Cinema doesn't care about literally anything. But what do you think? Well, yeah, Joe Manchin, it's, it's a split between those two. Joe Manchin cares about making sure that if something happens, he actually doesn't care how watered down or, or, or degraded it gets. As long as there's something in that says Joe Manchin made this bipartisan deal happen. Again, this has been his objective from the beginning. It's That's why he throws in his stupid statement. Um, you know, these consequences, grave consequences facing West Virginians. What, is, what are West Virginians specifically have to do with this that no one else does? Why do we point out West Virginians specifically outside the fact that you're from there and you have to make sure that you inject your name into every discussion about, I'm West Virginia. I'm West Virginia. You know what West Virginians need? West Virginians need some representation that helps them, that actually helps them and not tells them what they want when it actually doesn't help them. That's what all these politicians like to do. Anyway, um, so he may want to make sure something's in that has his name on it. Maybe cinema's just like, you know, as long as I'm seen as this maverick that's pushing back against my party, enough Republicans will like me, and I can continue to get elected here in Arizona because she's trying to read the, yeah. the you know, the winds, the, the political winds to make sure that it fits her narrative. There's one part of it, a statement. Every time a politician puts out a statement, it's very specific, and they know every word for, for what it's supposed to be there for. There's a meaning behind it. When it's a statement, when they're saying something, yeah. they think it mess up. But he points.
points out that every elected official leader is chosen to make difficult decisions. Does that mean the difficult decision is to say, yeah, we need this $3.5 trillion, or that no, we don't need it? Because if he's saying no, which it sounds like it's what he's saying, because he wants to lower it, it's a difficult decision because it's good that we get the 3.5 and we should lower it? I'm just not sure what's the difficult decision. Like, wh- why is it... I, it's difficult if you're going against the American people because it's not helping them anymore. Are you saying you're, you're one of those guys? Or is it difficult if you say, yeah, let's get the $3.5 trillion, but you should difficult decisions are good ones. I, I mean, I'm thinking, when you're pointing out that it's a difficult decision for a politician to make, it means it's going to help people, but it's a little bit tough because people are going to judge me for it. I don't know. I, I, you know, Ryan Griffin oh, said, it's a weird question. I uh, Manchin just wants a news cycle for everything that happens of him standing strong, but then eventually going along with it. And if that is actually what happens, then good. There's a lot of worse outcomes for this process. He, he just wants to waste some of our time and cut it a little bit, then I will be perfectly happy with that, I guess. That's there are, Again, there are much worse things, like he could take the entire thing, and we get literally nothing. That would be terrible, because the stakes are high. Well, I, we'll see, and, and cinema might be even less, like, Manchin might be a little bit more predictable, at least predictably awful, but he might be more predictable than someone like cinema. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. If it gets watered down, destroyed, to the point where even you know, Democrats and progressives be like, no, this is crazy. Then, if it gets shot down to them, that's a perfect thing for Republicans. They're like, we wasted all this time. We can blame it on Democrats for shooting down a bipartisan bill that we said we're on board for. And then maybe we can win. We can campaign off of that. Like, that's yeah. the, that is the perfect scenario for them. It might be. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we'll pass one and it's like, hey, it's 3.7 trillion. John, you were an idiot. Good. I hope so. I kind of doubt it, but I hope so. Anyway, uh, we do have a little bit more on this. Some of the early reaction to it from the right to give you an idea of how they're going to campaign against this. We'll have that after this break. We can debate how much he's willing to fight and what ways to fight to get it, but presumably he wants it. Presumably that's the goal. They have to have a budget of some kind. Uh, anyway, uh, over on Twitch, uh, Trekkie Nurse Dragon gifted a tier one sub. Thank you very much. Very nice of you. Brandy Lou, two gifted one as well. Thank you, Brandy Lou. Brandy Lou is getting close to 500 subs gifted over on Twitch. That is awesome. Asimov's Prophet is subscribed for eight months as a humble offering of Bezos bucks to the Dragon Squad. Also, is there any chance Shop TYT could create those coasters a member sent in? They were badass and would be amazing to have a set. Uh, they would be. I actually have them here. For whatever reason, apparently we're not doing it yet. I hope that we will. And by the way, someone was suggesting um, in the pre-show that we should do hats. We should totally do a baseball cap with a dragon on it. I suggested it. We'll see. I don't know if that's more difficult to do than the shirts, but we will see. Anyway, a lot more going on. We will be reading more of your comments in just a little bit, but we do have a lot more news to get back to, so stick around. We'll be back in just a few. Okay, everybody, let's jump right back into it. After one thing, I do want to let you know about two things that are happening. One, very exciting. If you watched uh, last Wednesday's uh, The Young Turks, I was on with Anna Kasparian, and she could not stop talking about the Woodstock 99 documentary. She loves that thing and made Bart very happy because he wants me to watch it, but it's about music, so But anyway, um, she is going to be hosting the conversation today, 2.30 p.m. Pacific time, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 
and she is talking with someone who was there on the ground at Woodstock 99. It is TYT's own Aaron Waisaki who's going to be there talking about the experience at Woodstock 99. I already can guess how excited Anna is about this. So that's a conversation you're going to want to look at. So that's there. Yeah. Also want to let you know that we have our pet of the week. And it is a first. We have never had a pet like this. But that is available. The TDR pet of the week at our Instagram. Instagram.com slash the damage report. So you can go take a look to see who the pet of the week is. Hold on to your butts about that. But anyway, that's there. I also do need to remind you, and this is the bad news section of the show. I understand um, there's been a negative reaction to this, but I do need to let you know about what's happening. Um, starting on Monday, the uh, live multicast of the Young Turks on the YouTube Damage Report channel uh, will be ending. So you can still, of course, watch the Young Turks live, free. You don't need to be a member or anything like that at YouTube.com slash the Young Turks. In the past, it had been multicasting on the Damage Report YouTube channel. That will not be happening for the show, the post game, that sort of thing. So... Uh, that will be ending, just giving you a heads up uh, for next Monday. But again, available at the same time at YouTube.com slash The Young Turks. You don't need to be a member, subscriber, or anything like that. It's uh, freely available to everyone. Damage Report wants nothing with hosting The Young Turks no more, huh? I finally got rid of them. Oh, Spring. Get off my screen! Shank. Well, who's this St. Who's this Uger guy? Wipe show up on my stream. Thank Weiger. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, so with that, though, we do have a lot more news. So, um, you know, I just realized I didn't really clarify with my team. I do want to continue with the stuff from the A Block. Are we ready to go with that? Awesome. They're they're pros. They know what they're doing. They're not banned. Just the Young Turks is banned. I won't take it anymore. Okay, so the Republican response to the procedural hurdle on the reconciliation bill going forward has uh, not necessarily been positive. They have a lot of issues. They don't like what's in it. And look, a lot of the stuff that's in it's good, though, so it's a little bit hard to fearmonger about. I want to give you a demonstration of it. So here is a bit from Fox. It's Representative Banks, a Republican, freaking out over, take a look at the, the issues they have with what's in this bill. Everyone, universal preschool, two years of free community college, adding dental, vision, and hearing benefits to Medicare, cutting carbon emissions by 50% by 2030, and an immigration overhaul that ends up being amnesty. It's just the tip of the iceberg, an enormous amount on uh, the new climate core and climate change giveaways. Congressman, could the House possibly stop this? I, I hope so. We've, we've been called back uh, the week after next, uh, Laura. The House will come back into session. We will do everything we can to stop this with the American people. To oh, yeah, I don't really care about any other stuff. Like, it's universal preschool in this economy two years of community college what are we like doorway from the future no but seriously that's that's what's in it yeah they're gonna they're gonna like have they're gonna try to cut carbon emissions they're gonna have a process on immigration which by the way they're definitely gonna do bipartisan so it's gonna be terrible absolutely two, like these are these are the bare minimum people seriously and i'm not just saying that as like you don't need to be a crazy lefty to think that is the bare minimum of what the richest government in the history of governments can provide to its people in 2021. But they're going to go to their people and say, you should be terrified of this. Remember, of course, the Republicans love to tell you conservatives have been left behind. 
they're the silent majority. They're hurting politically. That's why we deliver for them by talking about, you know, an anthropomorphic potato as a penis. But anyway, <laughs> if those people are hurting, maybe they want universal preschool. Maybe they have eye problems and tooth problems. Maybe they're on Medicare. I'm guessing that millions are. JR, how is this going to work out? Getting people terrified about the fact that the government is finally going to give back to them. Because we've been kidnapped. Once you've been kidnapped for this long, you think, I don't deserve anything. I'm a proud American who pays my taxes, therefore I get nothing for it in return. <laughs> it's, it's this weird, like, they, they've, been, they've convinced enough people. And by the way, you talk about the things that people may need, you know, dental, maybe their ear hurts, they need to go to a doctor. How about all these people in these red states that have now had COVID visits in the hospital? That ain't free, bro. So people have a lot of things that, they have, that they've been paying for that they probably wouldn't have had to, especially with the COVID stuff. But they've, been, they've convinced enough people that, no, it's patriotic to get nothing for what you paid for. To get nothing for what you paid for. Now, these, are, these political ads can write themselves. Hey, pre-K, two years of community college and everything else that they just complained about. And then this, this elected official goes, well, yeah, I hate all that stuff. All you have to do is profile two people. From West Virginia, since Joe Manchin likes to talk about the real people of the country, Nebraska, Missouri, I don't care, Florida, Texas, hit them all. There's plenty of people in all these states that are like, I, I, I'd like to stop struggling. And there's a reason why people don't like paying their taxes. It's because they don't get anything for it. So point out, hey, would your life be better with this, this, and that? And then go straight to Republicans saying, nope, don't want that for you. Like they're yeah. it to your face. We hate you. Hey, you pay us, we give you nothing, and you're going to shut up and be happy about it. This is so weird that we take this. I thought we're this powerful country who doesn't take any garbage from anybody except for us. <laughs> what? No, the garbage you don't take is the vaccine. You'll take all the stuff that, like, wrecks your life garbage. You'll take that. Look, I, I, I don't think that you're wrong. Obviously, Republicans do this and have been doing it for a very long time. But I do think let's – so if you can hold in your mind, I'm suffering, I need help, hey – this person is trying to give me help, but I've been taught to believe that they're vicious commies. I want to make that as difficult to hold in their mind as possible. And the only way we do that is by having the government deliver to them, I think. It is much easier to get them to be suspicious of Democrats when the Democrats mostly suck. So let's make the Democrats suck less, and maybe maybe you'll pick off some. Maybe it'll be a little bit more difficult. And and I think that this, this $3.5 trillion could potentially go... A good way towards doing that it's at yeah, the very least a start the democrats that suck are going to help it stick around and it's why also by booking Maybe. it and they created out of every new progressive especially the progressive women that are coming across because they need new bookiemen so that no matter what if aoc rises to the senate and all these other uh, all these other progressives make bigger strongholds and take positions of power we've already told all these folks since they were freshmen that they are out to kill you and therefore, when they get somewhere else, it's like, don't believe them. So it's continually demonizing the people that are trying to put something in place to help Americans so the Americans will reject it and accept devastation. It's really messed up. Yeah. Well, look, um, they're, they're, they're going to try. I, do th I, I get it. They've got a trained base. That makes it easier. That said, the early efforts, I think, are a little bit pathetic. We, we gave you banks. We gave you Laura Ingram trying to, like, like, can you imagine they want to make it so that you, you don't have to, like, quit your job to take care of, like, your newborn or whatever? So weird. So weird. Um, but they do have another technique, and it's just flat-out fear, not even related to what's happening, just the fear. Here is just a tiny bit of Mark Levin.
We choose liberty, but the 19 Republicans in the Senate chose tyranny. Biden chooses tyranny, and every single Democrat lockstep is for tyranny. Okay, so that is not about the reconciliation one. That's about the bipartisan one, which makes it even crazier. He's attacking those who they're passing a $1 trillion infrastructure bill, which is probably fairly similar to what it would have been under Donald Trump, honestly. And that is not just unwise. It's not that Mark Levin is saying, okay, I'm okay with much of what's in that, but I would prefer that you wait and do it under a Republican. Why give Biden a bill? No, it's tyranny to put money into bridges and roads. Like, if that is tyranny, what is not tyranny? What what action could a government take that would not be tyranny? But, like, I guess some people still watch him when one, one wonders how when <laughs> he only has two settings. He's either asleep or he's worried about tyranny. Like, it can't be everything that's just so predictable, so boring, JR. Does anyone who listens to this guy know what tyranny is? I, I know, I, I've done this so many times on the show, and I know it's annoying, and it's one of these old, uh, I feel like there was this old uh, uh, approach to writing speeches where people would start with that definition. It'd be like, yeah, <laughs> success. Uh, Webster's Dictionary <laughs> defines it as, you know, I hate, yeah. I hate those speeches. It's like from the 80s and 90s. But anyway, tyranny, I'm looking it up right now. Let's get the exact definition. Cruel and oppressive government or rule. So, pre-K for your children so they can learn and, and progress and get that American dream. Uh, 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 two years of community college, it's tyranny. It is cruel and oppressive cool. government or rule. Cruel and oppressive government or rule. Two years of free community college, uh, uh, adding dental vision and hearing benefits to Medicare. Tyranny, cruel and oppressive rule. It's oppressive to not have cavities, have your teeth pulled out and snatched, and then be in constant pain because you've got some kind of assistance from the government that you paid for. <laughs> but it's not assistance. It's yours. It's so frustrating every time. It is. But it's tyranny. It's tyranny to give you back what you deserve because you're an American. This beneficial American in the greatest country that the world has ever seen. What, how, what for? How are we the greatest ever if we don't even get anything for what we pay for? I, I can't figure <sighs> more. Stop, he's already dead. Stop being cruel. You gave him braces. <laughs> I don't understand it. I understand, I understand how people work. Like, words, word, people can't be trusted with words. They just can't. I've long held that position. It's just it's true. Every, every word, we release it out there and then it gets ruined. It comes back a monster. Anyway. Okay, we are, we are rapidly burning through this hour, so we're going to have to take our second break uh, already. But when we come back, we've got some other news. Uh, Republican strategy for the midterms, then we're going to get into some crazy racism in the criminal justice system after this. Okay, so uh, first of all, before we get into the comments, tweets, chats, all of that, I did want to remind you, as I do as, as often as I can, uh, we have got Indisputable that's coming up after this show. So in about 45 minutes or so, uh, Dr. Rashad Ritchie will be there. Uh, Benjamin Carollo will be joining him from Galaxy Brain, so that's exciting. Um, as I mentioned on the pre-show, uh, Benjamin will also be joining us tomorrow on the Damage Report for uh, big follow-up news Thursdays. So uh, that's very exciting. Uh, definitely look forward to that. And uh, Indisputable is going to be able be available at YouTube.com slash IndisputableTYT as well as Twitch at uh, 2.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Time, 11.30 a.m. Pacific Time. So that's coming up in not that much longer. 
Now, let's see. In the Super Chats, Nicole Spitz says, Every public school performance includes Christian hymns, no matter what the celebration, but public schools aren't allowed to teach actual history. That seems like a fairly accurate representation of what they'd like school to be about. I mean, if if they had it their way, I don't. there wouldn't be any... Like, we already learned nothing about the world. There would be less about race and racism, slavery. They would take out all of it. Like, there's this, like, bare minimum, this fig leaf of let's acknowledge some of what actually happened. And even that might be gone after the last year of news. Uh, Jason R. says, every time budget talks come up, the red oculi is defense budget is never talked about by either side. Well, I mean, the issue with the defense budget is that it's free. That's what you don't seem to understand. Sure, they say it's $800 billion, but that's free. It doesn't cost anything. This bill, like we, we throw around the $3.5 trillion, that is over the course of a decade. So that's $350 billion a year, or significantly less than half of our defense budget. But we are going to have months of debate about whether we deserve any of it, and there will be absolutely no debate about the defense budget, about whether it needs to be $800 billion now, or a year from now, or 10 years from now. I just, just forever. It's always going to be going up, no matter how much safer we get, no matter how many alliances we have, no matter how much international goodwill we provide, we will never be able to cut it. And there will never be a debate about the possibility of doing so. Anyway, Franklin Sharpsizer says, in kindergarten we were taught what glues we could eat and those we could not. Barrasso should stay away from pharma meds or stop sharing with the Repubbo's heads. <laughs> Thank you, Franklin. That was, a, that was a cute one. Let's, let's keep it real, Franklin. The real lesson we learned in kindergarten with glue was how to stick a marker inside into it to turn it into any color you'd like. Then you can spread it on your head and create a skin that you pull off. That's what I did in kindergarten. I never did that. That sounds that like the beauty of awesome. America. You like, remember that? Oh, my God. That was awesome. I, I got to teach you. Did. We're going to show I you never pulled off the skin. Line. I do remember the satisfying thing of – I think young kids won't know what I'm talking about here, but when you'd print stuff – Way back in the day, and it would come out with like those those like hold things on the side. Oh, you have a printer like that. Don't date yourself like that, John. I'm never, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna admit that. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of holes in the sides of papers. No, no, no. Dot matrix printers. Yeah. Anyone in the audience? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, that was pre-smartphones, if you could believe it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Whiskey, subscribed for five months. Thank you. Sunshine Dragon for seven months. Ghost Dog for eight months. Uh, TK the Dragon for five months says, thanks. thank you all for being awesome. Glad to be spending time with the Dragon fam. Glad to have you here. Noni Love for five months. SN Castle for six months says, Bezos Bucks. That's it. Just Bezos Bucks. Thank you. And uh, NB, uh, Bruno 84 subscribed for two months. Love seeing some of those have only been here for a few months, too. Thank you. Okay, lots more news. We'll be back to it after this. Okay, we are rapidly running out of hours, so let's jump right into it. What will the Republicans be campaigning on between now and the midterm elections, which are you got to bear in mind, they're like 14 months away. Like, it is going to be here before you know it. Well, they have appeared to crystallize uh, behind a strategy, and a lot of it has to do with the pandemic. Not about doing something about the pandemic, but attacking those who are doing something about it. So, uh, Fire Fauci, a reference to infectious disease expert uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, has become a new rallying cry on the right. Some campaigns even sell anti-Fauci merchandise. 
Uh, we've profiled Ron DeSantis doing that. How's that working with the current state of COVID in Florida? Uh, Senator Rand Paul, a Kentucky Republican and doctor, recently went on a tirade against the CDC and brazenly called on the public to defy health protocols. So he literally said they can't arrest us all. Okay. Uh, GOP strategist Doug High says there's practically no one in America who isn't tired and frustrated with wearing masks. For Republicans, they very clearly see something that they can tap into right here, and they are trying to do that. Uh, several red states have uh, imposed bans on mask mandates. Uh, Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott did that. Uh, in Washington, Republicans from both ends of the Capitol have introduced a stack of bills to prohibit federal vaccine passports, repeal mask mandates, and eliminate Fauci's salary. I guess, is a prelude to locking him up. They're attacking the CDC. So um, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said the CDC has become a political arm of the administration. It wants to control every element of our life. I guess he didn't have a problem when it was a political arm of the Trump administration, when it was doing the exact same thing under a Republican president, I guess, JR. But anyway, uh, Biden is bad. Fauci is bad. The mandates are bad. And the CDC is bad. That is the one thing that they all seem to be able to agree on. How do you think that will work as a strategy? Is that strategist right? People are frustrated with it. They're sick of it. Is this what they can uh, use to ride to taking back yes. over Congress and the Senate? Yes. 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 Yeah. It shouldn't. But yes, that's that's where we've fallen at this point. I mean, after we after we had the last few cycles with Donald Trump and midterms and things like that, the things that they tried to pull, you know, also in 20 with, as far as down ticket things. And the number of people who believe it to this day, I think a third of Republicans still think Donald Trump is coming back in two days. So there's no reason to believe that people aren't going to buy this. There's enough people in the in the country that are mad about mask mandates, especially with kids going to school now. And then as more kids get sick as they are, that's going to still go back to, hey, that's Fauci's fault for being back and forth on these mask mandates when he hasn't been. That's been states' issues that they've been trying to put in place and to punish school districts. So, no, they'll continue to destroy things like that, and then they can go and talk about how the top is doing it when they have a level of control over people's lives that they just don't want to point out. And as they do it, they'll destroy things, hurt more people, and then blame the people in power. That's how it works. This is the same strategy as anything else. It's just a matter of... What the, what the political atmosphere happens to be, or I'm sorry, what the political topics have to happen to be during this cycle. It's the same thing. So what are you going to do is the next question. Every debate that a Democrat has and a Republican during these midterms yeah. should be like, so what are you going to do? They don't Protect have that freedom. <laughs> I will stop them from ramming things down your throat. I will do other vague things that don't mean anything. That's what they'll Absolutely. do. Look, I, I, I um. I don't even think that this is a good strategy necessarily, but I do have to keep it real. I don't think they need to have a good strategy right now. I don't think the way that the way that the USA is, the way everything is gerrymandered, and it'll be even worse. Um, the fact that the Democrats are probably going to biff the whole thing for the next year, like it was already going to be hard for them. You know, like the pattern in midterms is very difficult for those who have the White House. And they are wasting the time for the most part. And so I think they can follow the Republicans, follow whatever bad strategy they want. They have like at least a you know, sixty percent chance of taking over the whole thing. Um, so we'll see about this as a strategy. We've got polls here. We, we don't have time to jump into it, but it's at at worst, like most of these things poll like narrow majorities are generally in favor of all the things they're gonna be running against for the most part, but in the end it might not end up mattering.
Okay, now that said, we have a few minutes left. I really want to see what your opinion is about this. Let's jump into this next story. We know that the justice system is anything but, and that race, unfortunately, has and always has and still does play a role in uh, how the justice system uh, treats people. But you don't very often get to directly compare two things and see the difference, but we can now. Because two Cuyahoga County uh, common police court judges gave very different uh, sentences just this last week to two women, one black, one white, uh, who stole public money in separate cases. There's some differences to the cases, but there's a lot of overlap. So let's talk about what ended up happening. A white woman stole nearly $250,000 from the village of Chagrin Falls. Judge Holly Gallagher sentenced her on Monday to two years of probation. A black woman who stole $40,000 from Maple Heights City Schools went before Judge Rick Bell, who sentenced her Tuesday to 18 months in prison. So, very different amounts of money. One stole, I don't know, a little bit more than five times as much and is on probation, which isn't nothing, but it ain't prison. And another woman who stole far less, and she's going to be in prison for 18 months. Maybe she'll get out a little bit earlier, but that is very different than probation there. The JR, what do you think about this? Well, it's pretty obvious. The black woman must have uh, stolen the $40,000 at gunpoint, you know, because it, it escalates the nature of the crime. She threatened someone. I think she put him in a chokehold or something like that. There was aggression for sure. You know, mm-hmm. although the, the monetary amounts were different, or maybe uh, maybe this uh, the, the little village of, of, of Sugar and Falls, maybe that, uh, maybe some reason, maybe they're more vulnerable. Maybe it's a community that needs more help. I don't know. It's something definitely has nothing to do with the fact that it's a black woman. Definitely not. No, nothing at all. Um, it's it's pretty yeah, it's pretty obvious. Um, but look, there, there's more details about the cases, and I, I encourage you, if you're interested in this and in our justice system, to, to look it up and get there. We, unfortunately, don't have the time to go into it right now. But going forward, maybe something can be done about the, the uh, sentences that have been given out. But in the future, there is an idea. So Cleveland leaders have called on the county's judges and judges around the state to join an Ohio Supreme Court pilot project that would create a public database to make transparent how judges sentence defendants and provide guardrails on judicial discretion that often results in unequal justice. Um, Only 10 currently of the 34 have said that they uh, plan to sign on to it. Six of those judges are in their first term on the bench. But, look, this would not necessarily stop this same outcome from happening, but it would at least provide a data set that could be used to maybe inform public discourse about this and maybe some sort of legislation. In some cases, it might have to be... uh, state constitution amendments that would provide a little bit less leeway to judges to do what we're seeing acting out uh, in the present day. When it comes that to something, like maybe a good outcome. I feel like when it comes to something like sentences, hard numbers for what you're giving people for their crimes that they committed, there needs to be a standard set in place that we know what's coming. If you know you can sentence someone to 18 months versus two years, or then two years versus five years for the same or similar crimes, you should be able to have a standard to expect what's going to come. It shouldn't be based off, oh, I happen to get the judge that likes to put people in prison for two days versus two years just for luck of the draw. The legal system is not a luck of the draw thing. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some kind of standard written thing put in place that there's a standard and they just ignore it. Either way it goes, something's wrong here because there's no standard here. It's just, it's it's luck. And a lot of times it's racism. 
Uh, 100%. Uh, really briefly, um, in grad school, I had to look into, um, they, they did this analysis of, I think it was in Israel, actually. It was judges, and they found that the sentences given right before the judges take their lunch break were far harsher than they give right after they come back from their lunch break. It's insane. It's insane, but we give them the leeway, and this is how it gets manipulated. Well, um, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for, for our first hour. So if you've been watching on one, one of our linear platforms, thank you very much. But if you're on Twitch or if you're on YouTube, there's still a lot more news to get into. So we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this.
back, everyone. Hello, Twitch and YouTube. We've got some more news for you. But before that, we have some, I guess, news of our own for you. So, quick reminder, we talked about this earlier in the show, but if you have grown accustomed to watching uh, the Young Turks on the David Ford channel, uh, starting on Monday, that will no longer be available. The multicast will be ending. But the show goes on, freely available to everyone at youtube.com slash theyoungturks. That will be starting on Monday. So the last multicast will be the Friday episode uh, of this week. So just bear that in mind. I uh, want to read a few comments. Uh, Rialan says, we want Sprocket. And put in three of the Sprocket emoji. I had Sprocket next to me, and I was planning on showing him, and he took off. I think he's tired of you guys or something. I don't know. We've, we've disappointed Sprocket I'm saying in some is, way. I, I, I will tell you this. He does have a summer haircut, and it's fabulous. What? <gasps> yeah, I mean, got to get him. No, come on. I want to see him. <laughs> You're going to get him, or I'm going to come to your house. We're coming to your house. We're coming to your house. Anyway, um, okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, Striper subscribed for three months on Twitch and says, Have to say, John, it was helpful following you during Trump and now. You managed to give us just enough sarcasm to keep you terrifying developments light. Thank you. I appreciate it. That is the only way that I've been able to get through it. Okay. And Batmanda says, they teach critical race theory to teachers in college so they don't teach the weird imperialist version of Columbus. Yeah. Although that's still what ends up filtering through to a lot of people. Okay. Uh, with that, we have some news. So let's jump directly into this video. It's like not knowing about the water fountain and bathroom uh, histories in civil rights. 
the civil rights era that we say we've gotten beyond and how, how far we've progressed and to let it go and give it up because it doesn't affect us anymore. All that stuff, you have you don't have to actually learn about it to know this stuff. But who cares, right? We're just trying to get our supremacy back because, you know, we're being threatened with this whole inclusion and openness thing and acceptance of other human beings, specifically Americans. So there, there's a pushback because there, there's an anger to go back to the good old days that they want to deny is the good old days being segregation, separation, and multiple different levels of acceptance in society and access to normal things, you know. But they'll still crack jokes about how black folks don't swim and they can't swim and they're afraid of water and all that stupid stuff. They'll say that. In the meantime, when black folks are doing it, it's, hey, what are you doing here? It's the, yeah. it's, it's, it's the same cycle over and over again. Things, this, this is nothing new with this. Yeah, it's hardly not. And, and in particular in, in this form. Um, yeah, I, like Sometimes if you're standing in a, You find yourself in a place Where now you've discovered Hey, I'm the a-hole here Oh man, I didn't realize I'm at a pool I'm yelling at black folks for being here Oh man, this looks like a, a movie <laughs> A movie yeah. that comes out And they put on Netflix and say black stories Which I hate those I hate that part But anyway, that's a whole separate story But if you find yourself in that situation Suddenly you should step back and go, whoa I'm that guy. But the, you need yeah. self-awareness for that. Instead, you're still engulfed in your racism to see anything else that's happening. But if someone calls you out on it, now it's they're playing the race card. Yeah. yeah. Everything you said, and, and lying. So, I mean, you see in the video, she, she uh, like, goes at the kid. Uh, when police show up, she told the police that the, the family attacked her. Of course. Of course, it's not what happened. But they always, they, they try to hide behind the police. I try to hide behind their whiteness behind the police because generally that works. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, now everybody's got a camera, so it's a little bit harder to do that. Now, that said, um, the woman has apparently been charged with misdemeanor assault on a child under 12. Uh, they'll be returning to court later this uh, this month. Maybe we'll find out what happened, but again, it's just everywhere. For everyone that gets videotaped, how many are not on a daily basis? I, just, I think about that a lot. <sighs> And by the way, if the kids are running on the pool deck and breaking rules for safety purposes, diving off the backboard backwards when they said you're supposed to go frontwards only, whatever rules you have, any kid who does it, I'm, I guarantee you, you don't go to talking to the whole family saying, get out of here, you're not supposed to be here. They probably weren't even in the pool yet. This, I, again, like you said, the details of this, it doesn't even matter. So anybody who thinks, well, maybe they were breaking rules, I see kids break rules all the time. You know why? Yeah. Because they're kids. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> um, if they didn't do that, there wouldn't need to be so many rules. Um, but anyway, uh, okay, let's let's jump into a very different topic. We need to get into into some lies, into some cons. Let's do that. The anti-vax identity can be very strong. It is tied in with this idea that you are not a sheep, that you're one of those that can see past the lies that you're being told. You're independent, but also that you're a victim. Constantly, everyone is coming at you, um, and I want to show you an example of how you can be duped if that's the way that you look at the world. So I'm going to show you this picture. This is a, a shot from the anonymous unvaccinated reporting system, the ORS, I guess, which lets you know that you can earn extra cash by reporting unvaccinated family, friends, or neighbors (FFNs), which is, I guess is a term. Um, anonymously online. Every name you submit gives you a chance to win $2,500. So you just report on your friends and family and neighbors who are not vaccinated and you might get a big payout, except that you won't because that's not real. 
and I think it's pretty obvious that it's not real, but a number of people who are against vaccinations have uh, taken that spoof site, and we'll get into what kind of spoof it is, and just spread it, saying that it's real, that they're being victimized, that the vaccine-supporting Nazis are trying to spy them out and things like that. In reality, the website was designed and built by David Vermont, a realtor and a Republican candidate running for governor in California's recall election, who said it was political satire designed to highlight what he views as unconstitutional vaccine mandates. In practice, it was what is actual fake news. It's something that looks real, that people take as real and spread as real, that is in fact not real. So anyway, let, let's, I, I want JR's reaction, then we'll get into some of what's been said about this thing. But JR, yeah, you? if if you've convinced enough of the constituency or your followers, in this case Republicans, that um, their their belief in the anti-vaxxing and the and the, the lack of mask wearing and COVID isn't real, if you've already convinced them and connected that to their identity, which we've done, you can give them anything because now all they need is something to feed their identity. So you can put anything fake up there. They have no reason to investigate it. They have no reason to question it. As long as it fits their narrative, which then fits their identity, they take they take a hold of it because it feeds them. Or else they have fewer things to argue with and stand on. So this is an easy realm. The hard part is getting enough people to be convinced that everything is coming after them. You know, those yeah. lips, their backs, they're coming to kill you. Once you've convinced them, all you got to do is say, you see this clown? He was invented by Joe Biden. He's coming to kill you. And oh, my God, he's coming to give me the vaccination. It doesn't have to make sense as long as it fits your narrative. It's just it's it's injected right in. And the first thing you look at when you see something like this is who's giving the twenty five hundred dollars. If I'm if I think I'm going to report <laughs> someone down the street and give them and get my twenty five hundred dollars. I want to know where the $2,500 is coming from. So I'd go to maybe the about page of this website, maybe go to who funded it. Is this a government site? Is the government coming to take me over? Because if it's a government site, it won't be called uh, oursonline.com. It'll be a gov site. Yeah, that's Jesus. true. It's... Well, they, they obviously are trying to make it sound like theirs, the other thing that every Republican has become obsessed with but hasn't learned the most basic information about. Anyway, um, again, it would seem obvious that this could not be real but here is how it has been spread and i guarantee that none of these people are going to learn that it was a spoof and that it was wrong and even if they did they would learn nothing from it but uh michael weaver on twitter uh tweeted still under the delusion that we are not living in some orwellian dystopian nightmare i give you the anonymous unvaccinated reporting system if you do not push back on outright tyranny like this it will only continue to grow out of control so again or anything yep anyway um one twitter user said this is real which isn't true it's not real <laughs> whatever uh this is so hashtag old soviet block is that a hashtag is that is that a thing that people use anyway that it is difficult to believe it exists apparently not that difficult you pushed past it you managed to believe that it exists so you got past that difficult thing this is quite literally the slide into a dystopian hell well no that's it's not real, and that's not what literally means. But whatever. Um, anyway, the thing is, I, look, I don't know how many people believed it, but this is exactly the sort of thing designed to be spread. He apparently wanted more people to know about him and all that because he's running, you know, for governor. I, I get that we're sort of doing that right now. I'm really not worried about him winning, so I'm not too worried about doing that. But this is why fake news exists. 
it's designed to be spread. It's designed to elicit an emotional reaction, and it clearly has done that for these anti-vax people. If um, the, the, the guy who's running for governor here and uh, and put this side up, <clears throat> whatever he said, he, you know, he didn't think people – if it was satire, I don't know if he even elaborated to say – he didn't think people would take it seriously and they would see it as satire. So let's go through both of those scenarios. Maybe you expected them to take it as satire, right? And then when you find out that people didn't, shouldn't a light go off in your head and be like, why are people believing this to be true? You know, if I write for The Onion and people take it seriously, I'm going to be like, man, I knew people were dumb enough to believe this because it's so close to, uh, uh, to a, a crazy reality in our system. So if you think people now have taken it seriously... What do you have to connect it to the regular part of society or our system that has something similar to this? And if you yeah. can't find that, which you can't, then you have to understand that the people that you're duping believe BS like this, and you're a part of it. Like, there has to be a self-awakening. Like, the people that I, that are supporting me, believe craziness that I put up as satire. Shouldn't that make you rethink the way that you're approaching things? Look, Jared, we're just, we're not trained to be able to critically like take in news and tell fact from fiction. On an unrelated note, we do have some breaking news. Um, Nation's house plants confirm pots are their pants. <laughs> I didn't expect them to ever admit it. This is uh, coming to us via the, the onion.com. Oh. We're going to be looking for additional details. Uh, this has shaped my whole worldview. Shook. <laughs> Things are changing. It's it's the it's the vegan agenda, you know, because plants are becoming more powerful now, and now they're declaring that's that their true. pants are their pots. You know, that's true. You know what? I am worried about this vegan agenda. Why don't we turn to talking about vegans a little bit? <laughs> oh yeah, they perfect. might be spreading now. That's a great transition there. Okay, let's talk about this. John, I'm, I'm here I think to help we you. Get these two things. Thank you. Okay. You might find in the near future that there are uh, more vegans than you thought. Sort of, technically, because lawyers in the UK have stated that as ethical veganism is a protected characteristic, workplaces that make vaccinations mandatory cannot apply these rules to vegans as the vaccines were tested on animals. As a result, anti-vaxxers are stating on their social media that they will claim to be vegans <laughs> to avoid tightening restrictions on what unvaccinated people can do. Kind of seems to me like if you're going to make a legal case that you don't need to get vaccinated because you're a vegan declaring that your intent is to lie about it on social media is a bad strategy, but that's what they're going to do. So let's see. We've got this uh, we're all vegan now thing. It's your freedom. Reclaim it. Like there, are, there are many good reasons to be a vegan. This isn't one of them. Uh, and now bear in mind, this is, of course, in the UK right now. This is not in the US. I don't know how um, being an ethical vegan intersects with the law when it comes to vaccinations, but man, they are going to such lengths, JR, to avoid, as I always say in the show, eh, that's it. <laughs> they just don't want that. So they will pose as vegans to get out of it. Well, the good, I mean, maybe the good offshoot or, 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 or result of this is maybe a few of them will look into veganism a bit and understand the health benefits and, and reject meat as much. I, I still eat meat. It's just I understand how much healthier it could be and, and life-sustaining it is to not have so much of it in your diet. So I get it, and maybe there'll maybe they'll be an awakening. Maybe they'll actually dive into this a little bit, do some investigation, yeah. and be like, oh, I vegan. Doubt it. 
if I if, but if, if I can avoid taking the vaccine, maybe if I actually go vegan, it'll help me out. And then I'll have a change of heart and we'll have this explosion. We'll have everyone that's unvaccinated will actually be vegans. And that'll be a large number. <laughs> I think this is going to fall apart because I think they're going to call these vegans in and be like, oh, okay, so you, you want to get out of the vaccination. Um, that's good. We just have a little bit of paperwork to do. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to leave the room for a minute and just leave behind like a steaming hot McRib and watch <laughs> via the camera. They get tempted. It's like the marshmallow test for anti-vaxxers or something. Um, just, wait, anyway. I'm sorry. What's the marshmallow test? I'm sorry to, to tangent you. Well, the marshmallow test is uh, you, you tell a kid, you, you leave a marshmallow for a kid oh. in a room and you tell them you can have this marshmallow or if you wait 10 minutes or whatever, we'll give you two marshmallows. And like there's an age where they start to be able to do that math in their head. Otherwise, they just eat it like they can't. They yeah. would rather have two, but they can't resist it. Oh, this is this anyway. is similar to the candy one. It's not a test. They just put candy in front of kids, leave the room and tell them not to eat it at all. They don't give them an incentive to not eat it. They just say don't eat it. And you sit and watch and laugh at your kid whether or not they do it or not. That's that one. That's cruel because I would have eaten all of that candy. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it's fair to do this to these fake vegans. <laughs> Big rib should be cherished. It shouldn't be used for such crass political means. Anyway, there's a tweet from uh, Bleep Blump Ben on Twitter. It says, uh, "Getting out of a car as McDonald's wrappers tumbles out. As a vegan, I won't get microchipped." Like seriously, like well, right now, I'm not a, ve- I'm not a vegan right now. I'm not a vegetarian right now. I have periods where I'm a vegetarian. Right now, I'm not. But that said. I had hot dogs and beans recently. There ain't nothing in the vaccine doing as much damage to my body as those hot dogs. I guarantee it. I didn't make it, but I know. Okay? Sure. Some weird science went into making the vaccine. What kind of weird science do you think made those hot dogs? So you don't ever want to watch it. I've had the, the vegan friends, vegetarians post things about what happens with cheese. I'm like, I refuse yeah. to watch that because I, I know, I know what I'm going to think after I see it. I know it already. I know. So, I mean, yeah. it's like, you got to acknowledge yeah. it. And look, if you still decide to do it, that's fine. I love hot dogs. They're just terrible. I shouldn't eat them, but what am I supposed to do? They're really good. Now, anyway, um, I, I understand everyone who can and should become vegetarian or vegan. Newly minted Oscar Mayer dragon speaking <laughs> on the damage report. <laughs> okay, like, Okay, uh, we are running low on time, so why don't we jump into our last story. Let's have a little bit of fun. Okay. <clears throat> there, I was, I was going to sort of hide it, but he's right there, so I can't do it. Uh, there's, a, there's a new star rising on Cameo. Get your, get your checkbooks ready, because you're going to want to pay for this. Take a look at this video. Hi, it's Rudy Giuliani, and I'm on Cameo. If there's an issue of concern that you want to discuss or a story you'd like to hear or, or, or share with me or a greeting that I can bring to someone that would bring happiness to their day, I would be delighted to do it. It can be arranged. We can talk through the magic of Cameo. Thank you. Yep, Rudy Giuliani will be there recording Cameos and not editing out the part of him pressing the button. Again. <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so he's there. It's happened. He has been so abandoned, not just by Trump and Trump's inner circle, but even his crowdfunding didn't work out, that this is what he has to do to pay his legal bills. He's on Cameo, JR. Are you excited? You going to um, do a I'm video with him? Definitely excited for what um, 
for what people are going to have him do and say, but he's not going to do it all. I, I mean, he's crazy and has lost his absolute mind, but I don't think he's, I think he understands the dangers that are going to come, that are going to come with this. And I think he's, he, you know, there's a range for, for people on cameo and how much they charge. His isn't even that high, but it's high enough that you don't want to waste even that much money. Well, yeah, that's a good point. So, and by the way, if people don't know, cameo is a thing where uh, celebrities, you pay them to make a video, like wishing a happy birthday or doing a voicemail or something like that. Um, so as soon as I saw this, uh, Asher posted it in our Slack and I was like, Oh my God. I'm going to I'm gonna pull a John Oliver. We're going to do this story, and then I'm going to throw it to a cameo we had Giuliani make for us. And I was like, that's going to be fun. I load up the page. It said $199, and I said, nah. <laughs> nah I'm not paying $199. If it was 50 that's funny. I'll do it. But $199, not for a gag. No. Yeah. yeah. I but feel anyway, like my, my cap for Giuliani is probably 15 to 20 bucks. <laughs> I would have felt comfortable at 25, but not 199. Yeah. But um, so people have pointed out uh, the Night King from Game of Thrones does them for $100. So uh, Draco Malfoy costs 600 Jeez. Apparently he can cost $600. And look, the thing is, I'm joking about this. Look, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone who's a celebrity and wants to do cameo. I will inevitably do it too. And, it, and if people, look, it's a service. If people want the videos and they'll pay for them, Who's bad in this? You know, honestly, who's the bad guy? But that said, when I do it, it won't because I it won't be because I've suddenly become more awesome. And so Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, presidential candidate, lawyer to the president himself, a guy who helped set up the whole Ukraine thing that got a president impeached. It's two hundred bucks for a video. Really? That's it? And the worst part is, is this is supposed to be him paying for the legal fees because Trump abandoned him along with everyone else. $200 per pop is not going to pay you those legal bills, bro. You are in way more trouble than 200 bucks per cameo. <laughs> that is just not enough. Um, but it makes me wonder, so like, what what could I charge? <laughs> I'd probably charge like 20 bucks. But anyway, um, so look, that that's, that's where Rudy Giuliani's at. And if you are in the Trump circle... You are going to be on Cameo eventually if you do not abandon Trump now. And I gave I gave Giuliani advice. He's getting $200 for a video. Do a tell-all, man. Do an honest book revealing all the secrets. I bet he could get a million dollars for that. Actually revealing all of the dirt that went on behind the scenes. He could do it. He could be rich. Mm. Anyway, he's not mm. going to do it. No. So anyway, that's all. That's all the time we have for that video. I look forward to uh, on Sunday John Oliver actually getting a cameo because they can afford the two hundred bucks. So he's gonna he's gonna get me again. But anyway, uh, Jr. Uh, as always, it wouldn't be a big news Wednesday without you. So thank you for being here. I, I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Um, I was expecting more anger, but I actually enjoyed this. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and have a good day, man. Uh, for those of you at home, uh, we've got, let's see, Indisputable is coming up with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Ben's going to be joining him as well, so that's going to be a lot of fun. That's coming up um, very soon. And I will, of course, be joining uh, Anna Kasparian for the second hour of The Young Turks a little bit later on. So uh, lots to look forward to on TYT today. But until then, stay safe out there, stay sane out there, and I'll see you soon.